Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Coming to you live this morning, straight from Daytona Beach, Florida, here in sunny Central Florida. Good to have everyone here with us today. If you're joining us for the very first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. This is an outreach ministry of Raven Ministries International. If you need some more information on Raven Ministries International, Deb is putting it on the screen there. Our website, which is www.biggrace.com. That's www.biggrace.com. And you can click on there and get information about Raven Ministries International and all the things that uh, God is uh, doing in this ministry and in the people that make up this ministry here in the United States and in Canada as well. So good to have you here today. Uh, and we want to know about you as well. So if you have things going on in, in your part of the country, God's doing some things, please testify and let us know about that because we want our team of, uh, of intercessors to be praying for you guys as well because we know that uh, it doesn't end with us. We're just a, a part of the body of Christ who is just desperately trying to reach people for the kingdom and equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Uh, but if uh, you're doing something and, or, uh, that we can help with or vice versa, please let us know because we want to be a part of that as well. We know that God is doing some neat things with a lot of neat people because we're, we're meeting uh, folks all the time that are doing some great things for the kingdom. So good to have you today, and we just hope that uh, this, this, period, uh, this time of teaching is, is good for you. We're doing, what we're doing is an expository teaching in the book of Romans. <clears throat> And actually today, I believe, what is it, Deb? We're in class 147. We're making those things available in MP3 format. We're actually going through a transitional period as far as our uh, download uh, and making those things available on the website. So if you'll be patient with us, all those things are going to be available. We're, we're going back in and actually reformatting and downloading all those into a site that is devoid of all the provocative ads. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm going to have to cough. Uh, devoid of all the provocative ads and stuff that some of the free sites have. But this is a Christian-based one that's under, what did I tell you, was help me out here, uh, Lucy, it's sermon something or not, dot com. But what it's going to do is provide us an opportunity to archive all of the previous messages, uh, not just uh, the ones on Romans, but uh, other teaching and ministry, not just for myself, but different people involved with this ministry, and have those available to you. So if you'll be patient with us, we'll have all of those available to you for absolutely uh, free download. But if you want a DVD with all of the... Uh, it's an audio DVD, not a uh, video. But if you want that, you can actually email me, sermonplayer.com. Thank you very much, Lucy. If you want those on uh, in their entirety, you can email me at uh, ravenatbiggrace.com and just tell me you want the uh, the audio DVD of all of the classes, and I have no problem uh, burning that and mailing you a copy of that absolutely free of charge. I want to put that stuff in your hand. And put it in your hand so you can give it to someone else. You know, uh, we, we have an opportunity here, you and I, that, that come together on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, uh, to set and get the word and to have people. But some people do not have that benefit, maybe through their schedule or uh, maybe they're not involved in, in a local church that's preaching the word. And so we have an opportunity to share with them what God has shared with us. And that's really what I'm doing as a minister of the gospel. I know what God has shared with me. I know that uh, the, the understanding God has given me in regards to the word. And so I want to pass that on. And so I pass that on through this venue or this format and because that's our responsibility, uh, folks. And so we're required to walk in and demonstrate and do with the things that God has entrusted us with. And so you need to do the exact same thing. What God has entrusted you with, whether it's putting these things in your hands or whatever, uh, you need to take those things, those tools that God has given you to be more effective in the kingdom of God. So that's what we're here for. And so anything we can do to, to help you in any way, let us know. So let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Just ask for his blessing on this time and on the things that God has called you to do as well as praying for the sick. It says here, uh, 
Uh, Kim says that her mother-in-law, which is her Mila, uh, has back problems. She can't stand up straight. And I'm, I'm reminded of the, 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 the woman in Scripture who has been over that God uh, told her, uh, would you be made whole? And she stood upright uh, after that. So praise God for that. We're going to pray for Jack as well. Been praying for Jack. He's in the hospital and they're preparing for hospice care. And we're, we want to prepare him for hallelujah care. Amen. That God will touch and heal him. And also... Uh, uh, Robin's sister-in-law, Amy's dad. Oh, that's I'm sorry, that's Amy, that's her sister-in-law. Amy's dad is Jack. So we're going to be praying for Jack as well. And any other needs? As I'm praying, if you want to pop them on the screen, I'll be sure to pray for them, and we'll stand in agreement with you for God to do a miracle in that situation. Father, we just thank you once again for another day, Lord God, a glorious day in Christ Jesus. Uh, Lord, is this the day, Lord God? Sometimes when I when I pray, I just I ask you, Lord God, is at this time is this when you're going to restore your kingdom, Lord God? Uh, but I know from the word that the kingdom comes not with observation that's within us. But I know, Lord Jesus, that you are coming back. And, and, and you, you told your disciples, you know, you can go outside and look at the clouds and tell it's going to rain. Can we not discern the signs of the times? And Lord God, yes, we can. We can see and look up, Lord God, and know that our redemption draws nigh. And so, Father, we come here today, Lord God, but we want to look at this day. And, and I pray this, that there would become urgency in your people today. That we would pray that we would talk, that we would worship, that we'd obey. Lord God, as, as though this was the day that you're going to come back. And, and Father, I just challenge my brothers and sisters in Christ, even as I'm challenged, Lord God, uh, that we would just order our salvation, Lord God, aright, because then the Word says that we'll see the salvation of God. That today, Lord God, that we'll take every thought captive, Lord God, under the obedience of Christ Jesus. Lord God, and what we do, Lord God, will be a demonstration of your goodness and your holiness and your righteousness and power that's come into our hearts and lives and, and changed and transformed us and allowed us to cry out, Abba, Father, Lord God, because this very well might be the day. Lord God, we preach and we tell people, Lord God, that, that life is but a vapor and we're not guaranteed another day. But Lord God, we just don't want to talk like that. We want to live like that. And Father, I pray, Lord God, for my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord God, and for, as I pray for myself, that you would just search us today and know our hearts, try us and know our thoughts and see if there be any wicked way within us, Lord Jesus. Lord God, cause us, Lord God, to have a desperation and an urgency for this hour, Lord God. God, as though it would be the very last hour. Let us have an urgency, Lord God, in sharing the gospel with people, Lord God. Even, Lord God, even if we, we heard that in, in, in an hour a bomb was going to go off that was going to de decimate our city, Lord God, we would be going and shouting it from the housetops, warning people, Lord God. Let us have that type of desperation in our heart as we share our faith, Lord God, and we share the transforming power and the redemption, Lord God, that's only available through the cross of Calvary. That's what our desire is. And I was asking in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we can come and do something something, Lord God, that is reflective and demonstrative, Lord God, of your character, Lord God, and the urgency, Lord God, of the Spirit of God in this hour. And so, Father, as we come, we just ask that your word would create that in us. It would just stir up within us, Lord God, the, the gifts that, that you've placed within us uh, through the laying on of your hands, Lord God, through the Spirit of God that's come into our lives. And, Father, I just pray for each one that has struggled, Lord God, with, with distractions and depression, Lord God, or, or, or whatever it may be that's hindering, Lord God, this the flow of the work of, of the Spirit in, in our lives. Father, whatever's hindering, causing fear, Lord God, or doubt or unbelief, anything, Lord God, that's causing compromise, or, or, any, or, or anything, Lord God, that would, that would be in opposition, Lord God, to your heart and your desire. Lord God, we just ask right now that you would expose those things, Lord God, that we could see them for what they are, and we can repent, Lord God, from those things, and, and allow the Spirit of God to come in and refresh us. The Word says, Lord God, in, in Acts 3.19, it says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. And Father, we come today looking for a refreshing 
refreshing and from the presence of the Lord. But we know it's only when we are converted. We change the way that we think. And Lord God, even though most of us here live today, Lord God, we know you. We still need to be changed in the way that we think. We need to have our mind, Lord God, changed, Lord God, from glory to glory, Lord God. We need to, to have our, our thoughts, Lord God, to changed and transformed day by day and moment by moment. We're asking you to do that today as we come, Lord God, to the Word of God because we know that it comes through the washing and the regeneration of the Word of God. So, Father, let your Word today be that lamp to our feet. Let it be the light to our path, Lord God. Let it be that glorious illumination, Lord God, that but that, that, that don't just lead, but it exposes and reveals those things would be a hindrance to us, Lord God, on our walk and our following after you. And Father, we pray for those that are sick, Lord Jesus. We, we, we pray for Ermila, Lord God, there in New Mexico. And, Father, I'm just asking, Lord God, for a, a, a demonstrated, manifest miracle, Lord God, in her back. I'm praying that that will be a testimony, Lord God, of the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it will be a witness, Lord God, to those that are her, her children, Lord God, her, 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 her in-laws, Lord God, whoever it may be in her family that, that needs to see the power of God show up and show out, Lord God, that you just confirm, Lord God, your word with miracles and signs and wonders. Touch her, Lord God. We pray for Jack, Lord God. We've been praying for him, Lord God, and, 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 and believing you. And, and, Father, I'm believing that he is in your care. That, Father, we just pray against this cancer and the sickness and the disease that's riddled his body, that's, that, that's tried to devastate him. And, Father, I know that's not your will. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for you to come in to that, that life and to that body, Lord God, and do a miracle, Lord God. I pray this for, for encouragement for Amy, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would touch her and strengthen her, Lord God, that you would cause faith to well up inside of her in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that, that she wouldn't be moved by her circumstances. She would be moved, Lord God, by the Spirit of God uh, in this situation. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. And I pray for, for all those, Lord God, that have been uh, going through different things in Jesus' name. And, and I pray, Lord God, for the power of God to just come and just manifest itself, Lord God, in all that we see and do, Lord God, for your kingdom. And Father, we just pray, Lord God, for our friends in, in, in different places that are doing ministry, Lord God. Those are in other countries and those that are right here in the United States in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are raising up and calling out a voice, Lord God, for this hour. You're making a clarion call, Lord God, to anyone, Lord God, that would call upon your name and be willing to do it. And so we're just asking, Lord God, for you just to, to bless and anoint, Lord God, those pastors, Lord God, that, that week in and week out they're standing up, Lord God, without fear and without compromise, Lord God, without adulterating the message of, of the gospel. And they're standing up, Lord God, in the face of opposition, Lord God, from people and from board members and just willing to preach the gospel, Lord God, not for filthy lucre, Lord God, but that your kingdom. And so we pray for those pastors, Lord God, that maybe people don't even know about and they've never heard, but they are, they've got a word from you. And we pray for their encouragement in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for those that are going into nursing homes and pray for the elderly, Lord God. I pray for anointing to come upon them, Lord God. Those, those, those warriors, Lord God, that are many times unappreciated because people will say, well, they're just going into a nursing home. Father, I thank you that the Word tells us that pure religion, undefiled, Lord God, is to visit the widows, Lord God, in their affliction and in, 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 the, in the fatherless. And so, Father, for those that are going in and ministering to the, the widows, Lord God, and those that are going into the, the, to the fatherless, Lord God, in, in orphanages, Lord God, or different places like that, I pray for an anointing and just a blessing to come upon them. Lord God, those that are going into the the prison houses, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just touch them in jail ministry, Lord God. Those that are going in, in, in ministering, Lord God, deliverance to the captive, Lord God. Encourage them, Lord God, because that is a biblical mandate, Lord God. You said that I was in prison. Did you visit me? Whatsoever you've done to the least of these, you've done it unto him. So I, I thank you, Lord God, that we go and we visit the sick, Lord God, and those that are incarcerated. We're doing it, Lord God, as unto you. So I pray for an encouragement, Lord God, in all those things. And Father, we pray for those that are sick in their bodies. And we pray right now by the name of Jesus, that they'd be healed, that they'd be touched, Lord God. We've been seeing it, Lord God, and we know that that's what you're doing in this day and age, Lord God, that you are restoring, Lord God, your, your power and your authority into your church, Lord God.
God that our gospel would not be in word only, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit with much assurance that they might know what manner of men that we are, Lord God. And we thank you for the state of for your, your blessing, your enablement, your empowerment, Lord God, upon our hearts and lives as we just seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, Lord God, knowing that the other things will be added to us. And we give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Once again, good to have uh, everyone here with us today. And uh, hey, good to have Steve. Steve's always a blessing to have uh, Brother Iggy. Steve Steve actually helped uh, get this uh, stuff started as far as the recording stuff, so we always appreciate uh, his contribution for that in, in the ministry. As a matter of fact, we talked praying for jail ministry. Uh, uh, Brother Steve is doing a lot of that t- type of jail ministry and prison ministry there in the Indiana. So y'all be sure and keep that brother, uh, he and Jody, uh, in prayer because they're doing an awesome work up there and just got a heart for, for reaching uh, people for Jesus. So good to have all you uh, and, and everyone else that's with us today and the things that God's doing in your life. So, hey, guys, we're in the 10th uh, the chapter of the book of Romans. Like I said, we're on class number 140. What did we say it was? Six? 147 today. Still in the book of Romans, but man, there's just so much good stuff. And so praise God for the opportunity to just come into his word. I want to read those first 13 verses today as we kind of uh, launch into what I said we're going to spend the day on today. But the first 13 verses really set the, the tone and the stage for uh, the, the 14th verse. And this is what it says. It said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for God, uh, for Israel, is that they might be saved. And he said, so I, for I bear them record that they do have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Uh, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that be- believes. Excuse me. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this manner. Say not in your heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is, to bring down Christ from above. Or who shall ascend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. And so, or who shall descend, uh, excuse me, but what, sh- uh, what saith it that the word is nigh unto thee, even in your mouth and in your heart? That is the word of faith which we preach. Then he goes on to say, and we talked about this. If you didn't get to read the last two, uh, get to be a participant, we're going to get those up. You need to make sure you get the, the last two classes on, uh, on, what are they, 45 and 46? On, the, on this portion right here, that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for the same Lord which is over the rich shall call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah, you need to get those. I'll, I'll make those available. I put one of them up there already, even though I didn't have the ones prior to that, because it's so important, because there's so many people getting folks to pray the sinner's prayer. And if you're with us, I hope that you see things in a different way. And I brought the analogy up about, you know, to give somebody uh, verse 9 without giving them the, the first nine and a half chapters is like giving somebody a riding lawnmower that's totally disassembled and they turn to the back of the assembly page and says, now sit down on that mower and have fun mowing your grass. You know, all they're going to do is sit down on a pile of junk. Even though all the components are there, the, the, those things are not assembled. It's the same way with that sinner's prayer that people, we, we term that verse 9, the sinner's prayer. Folks, the sinner's prayer without an understanding or a, or, or a compilation of the parts is just sitting on a pile of junk and it's not going to get you anywhere. So get those things and I think you'll get a better understanding of that if you weren't with us the last few days. And so folks, all of these 13 verses of Scripture uh, really deal with the heart and passion of the Apostle Paul as he imitates and demonstrates the heart and the passion of Jesus. And that really what he desires is all of Israel and really subsequently all of humanity to come to Christ. And so when we're reading these first 
13 chapters, we're, we're hearing somebody's passion. We're hearing somebody's heart. We're hearing the desire for, for people to be reached for the kingdom. And so what happened is he, in verse 1, he cries out and he's moved with compass, uh, compassion and desperation. And so when I see that where he starts, brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is, is for Israel is this, that they might be saved. And so if, 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 if we are doing anything regarding ministry and that is not where we start, we've missed it. If our heart's desire and prayer is that people uh, 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 would get saved. If, if we're not having that passion and that's not everything that drives us, folks, we're going to miss it. So unless you start there, you will never, ever have the heart of Jesus in regards to reaching people for Him. It's got to be your heart's desire. It's got to be your cry. It's got to be everything that, that moves and motivates you and everything you do that you call Christianity. And so, folks, we've got to be moved by what moves Him. Because if anything else moves us, then we will always be more concerned with being right than being righteous. And if you've heard me say that once, you've heard me say it a million times, our goal as individuals, our goal as believers, our goal as a ministry, my goal as a minister of the gospel is not to be right. It's to be righteous. Because I can be right and not demonstrate righteousness. I, I, I know guys that are, that are very sincere, not unlike... Uh, uh, verse 2 where it says, I bear them record that they have a zeal but not according to knowledge. That'll stand out on a street corner and, and call uh, in the middle of a gay pride event and they'll call them fags and queers and say you're going to hell. Now, is that, theoretically, is that right? Well, yeah, they are homosexuals. They, they Unless they repent, they will go to hell. But it, it's not the, the heart of Christ in that situation. Now, does that mean you're soft on sin? Absolutely not whatsoever. But I look at the demonstration of, of, of Jesus and I look at the heart of Paul. And Paul could speak into situations. Why? Because he cried out. Isaiah could speak what we talked about in length out of, uh, out of Romans 9.27. That, that Isaiah cried. Why? Because he knew that Israel's that their, their seed was like the sand of the sea, but only a remnant would be saved. He had that heart and that passion. Where did Isaiah get it? He got it from Isaiah 6. That I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. That he knew that he was unclean and he dwelt amongst that unclean people. But he knew that God had caused a, a coal off the altar, which was demonstrating of the Holy Spirit to touch his lips. The same thing with Paul. He knew that he had been unclean, but, but he saw that light from heaven. He had that coal that come off the altar on his Damascus Road experience that totally changed and transformed his outlook on how to do things. Prior to that, he, he, he bore record. He had a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. A knowledge of, of what? A knowledge of what moves Jesus. A knowledge of the compassion, the heart, the love, the mercy of God. That when you, you speak the truth, when you speak it, it, it's seasoned with the grace of God that's going to be a, uh, cause the reflection of righteousness to come out of someone's life. And so uh, the, the Word tells us, and we, we were talking earlier about the book of James, the first chapter, but uh, James uh, 1 and 20 says that the, the wrath of man or the orge of man, O-R-G-A-Y. Well, and that word orge literally means it's the movement of the soul brought about by impulse or personal desire. And so the orge of man, the, or the impulse, or the, the movement of the soul uh, 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 that's brought about through personal desire. Folks, listen, it says that that, the wrath of man, does not work the righteousness of God. And so we see Paul, what's he doing? He's not moved by the, the wrath of man. He's not moved by something that came out of his, just his old soul or his, uh, his impulse or his personal desire. And so folks, what we're going to see and what you're probably seeing and maybe in your own life is many people are moved by the orge or that which originates in the soul, that seat of emotion, that place of intellect, that place of self-will, that place that always wants to be right. 
rather than righteous. And so when we do that, it will never ever, regardless of how, how it sounds, how close it is, folks, it will always just be a counterfeit that is never going to produce the righteousness of God. So we've got to be moved by what is right because being moved by that will always frustrate you. It will only work to produce self-righteousness in you and in those that are recipients of it uh, uh, based upon that impulse. And so I'll ask you a question. Paul the Apostle here in in chapter 10, verse uh, 1 through 13, is talking about I'm moved. I'm moved from that which not originates in my soul or in my emotion or my intellect or in my opinion, but it originates out of heaven. And so he's moved by that. And he knows if he's moved by that and what he does, what's it going to produce? It's going to be produce the righteousness of God, which is only revealed through Christ Jesus. Folks, otherwise what happens is you create this great legalistic uh, environment, just what Paul was talking about in those verses. What's going to happen is you're going to, you're going to create a people that are, 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 are serving God strictly out of, uh, out of uh, 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 fear or strictly out of uh, compulsion because they want to please someone or they're part of a denomination. Folks, listen, we've got to serve God, wake up every single day, not because we're thinking, if I don't do this, and he's going to crush me. But we got to do this because our heart cries out like Paul's talking about. My heart's desire. Everything that I want, I pant after him. I desire after him. I, I, I hunger for him. I want to spend time with him. I want to tell people about Jesus. That's what I want. And I want to tell people about Jesus, not so I can be right and slam my fist and say, aha, I got you on that one. But because we do not want to ever stand before God with our hands bloodied as we see in Ezekiel 3 and Ezekiel 33. But we want, our, 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 we want them to experience the same joy unspeakable and full of glory that we have now here's the litmus test for you if 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 you don't want other people to experience that and it's not demonstrated through your fruit now do you really have it because you're going to be you're going to be moved with what moves you and so you're going to want to move people and so if you're only moved by wanting to be right then the chances are you're only moved by that uh, and, and it's going to re- reproduce that in other people that you talk to. Well, we've got to be moved by that which is righteous, that originates their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, listen, it may look like the genuine article, but the fruit of it is the telltale sign of its genuineness. So, again, verse uh, 1 set the stage that Paul the Apostle cried out. His heart's desire, uh, or what he wanted from this transformed heart, was now controlled by the Spirit of God. It took over where his soul had come up short, and where his soul could only see through the eyes of the flesh, even though it may have looked like righteousness. Then and only then, folks, uh, could he truly know that they did have a zeal, but not according to the knowledge of God, not according to a heart and the passion of Jesus. And that their desires and actions were based upon something originating in their flesh and in their tradition and in their works. And folks, listen, then these things that he spoke of in the next six verses that we've studied... Really what they do is they describe kind of a, a revelatory understanding that he had in regards to reaching people for Jesus so that he could then pronounce in verse 9 that we talked about, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be sa- uh, saved. Folks, listen, because Paul the Apostle had set the tone and really had provided the example and standard that he could now look and tell them contextually based upon the context of his life, uh, based upon the context of his message, based upon the context of his testimony, whatever you want to call it. And so he had the ability to speak out verse 9 and tell them that the same thing or an equivalent relationship with Christ could be had by them if they would just merely begin to call upon the Lord. And so it says that forever, uh, for the scripture says, whosoever believes on him will not be ashamed. Now let me say that to you again because I want you to listen to that verse. It says, 
the scripture says, whosoever believes on him, believes on Jesus, shall not be ashamed. Now, I want to ask you a question, you students of the Word of God and you, you, you armchair theologians. When, when, when I say for, uh, for the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed, in the context of the book of Romans, where have we heard that concept before? Think about it just for a second. Where have we heard that whole concept of whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed? I want to give you just about five strategic seconds of pause to think about that. Because, folks, listen, it all, every bit of it ties together. Okay? Now, we've heard that concept, and we taught about that concept at length. And so when Paul the Apostle says this in verse 9, he is saying that contextually. He is saying that, and we talked about yesterday, you know, you can't just cut to the end of the book and say, well, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. If you've not had the instructions or the assembly instructions for everything else. But when Paul says that whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed, he's already preached that message in its entirety. Now, I want, to, I want to give you another verse that we talked about, and I want you to hear it through the ears of understanding of verse 9 in chapter 10. And it's Romans 8, 1. Romans 8, 1. Now, listen to it. It says, Therefore there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay? Now, I want to read it back into the context of verse uh, 9 in chapter 10. Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Okay, folks? Whoever, what, believes on him shall not be ashamed. There is no shame. Now, I want to read verse eight again, uh, verse 1 again in chapter 8. There's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is no shame in those who no longer walk after the orge. Okay? Who walk after the wrath of man. Who walk after the, the desires of the soul. The things derived from walking in the flesh. And folks, this is that same thought and that same idea that's just repeated in a different way, but really wrapped up in the same idea of in the concept. Listen, there's no condemnation or there's, there's no shame if what? If I genuinely believe. And we know what it means to believe, that I'm not walking after the flesh. I'm not doing those things that are originated in my orge, in that, in that place, the, the wrath of man or the desire, the impulse of man. But I'm walking in the Spirit. And so I'm going to see things according to the Spirit. I'm going to be moved according to the Spirit. I'm going to speak according to the Spirit. I'm going to pray according to the Spirit. I'm going to worship according to the Spirit. I'm going to preach according to the Spirit. Then there's nothing to be ashamed about. Then I can do it with a, with a holy boldness that's going to produce the righteousness of God in other people's lives as well, just as it produced it in mine. Not derived from the uh, impulse of the flesh, not derived from wanting to be right, not derived from trying to prove my point or anything else, but it comes out of the heart and the passion of Jesus. And so, when you, when you, when you look at verse 9 of chapter 10, I always know that the lesson for that, that Paul could say that. Why? Because he had taught that in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. So, he was providing a summation of all those things he's talked about. Folks, that's why when we, say, we end the program, get into the Word of God and the Word of God gets into you. This right here, this, this book was given to us in its entirety. Okay? You hear what I'm saying? This was given to us. These, these 1,179 chapters of Scripture in the 66 books were given to us to work in harmony with one another. We can't just extract this and extract there in, in any type. Think that we're going to get any type of understanding. Now, does that mean you're going to have to be able to quote uh, verbatim King James vernacular from Genesis to Revelation? No, absolutely not. Because many people just, you, you don't have the capacity. But you do have the capacity to pick this thing up, to understand it, have the heart of Jesus, and, and you need to work with and be uh, uh, familiar with the Word of God through, throughout these covenants that He's given us. That way, when you do speak, you're, you're speaking with authority and, and you're speaking with an, an understanding. Melly and I went into a, uh, what's like a, what's this, Ross? Like, I think we call it Ross. 
And you, like when they have all these discounted department store type things. We went in, and as soon as I walked in the door, I think I probably had a shirt on, one of the Raven shirts or something like that from the ministry. And the, the young man behind the counter, uh, 22 or 3 years old, he said, hey, what's Raven all about? So immediately I began to tell him what it was all about. And he proceeded to tell me, oh, I'm an atheist. And I said, well, I don't believe that you are. And I said, because to, to be absolutely convinced that there's, uh, that there's no God would mean that you're in possession of absolute knowledge. And I said, you know that you're not in possession of absolute knowledge. And he said, well, yeah, you know. And so I got to talk to him for, for quite a while and just began to explain to him. And he said, well, you know, the, the Bible's good. And it's just a collection of works. So I began to tell him, you know what, this isn't just a collection of, of uh, allegorical expressions or opinions or poems or anything else or, or somebody's twist on, on what they saw. I said, this is the Theonustos. This is the God-breathed Word of God. And I began to show him and demonstrate to him the harmony of the Word of God. I began to share with him the, 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 the number of prophecies that were fulfilled, even about the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus. All these things. And, and you could decide to see him there and it disarmed him. Why? Because he, he, he made a statement but he had nowhere to go with it. And so I gave him the word of God and he said, I really like, he said, I really like talking to a cat like you because you seem to know what you're talking about. And so we're going to get together. He wanted my number and he wants to talk. Now this is a guy that was an atheist but what happened this happened. The Word of God. Folks, listen. This isn't this dead, dry, printed words on a page. This is the Theonustos. This is our written. This is our logos. This is our, our, our Word that God has that when we begin to, to teach and to preach this, if it's over the counter at a, at a, uh, at a Ross dress for less or if it's uh, across the table on, on a lunch table where you're working or at your school, this Word, when it's preached, when it's spoken, it, it's, it's what pierces the heart. It's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of a man's heart. But folks, listen, if you go out without this, without the knowledge, without the, uh, the dedication, and once again, I'm not saying that you're able to, to quote uh, chapter and verse like maybe somebody else is, but speaking that word in life and in truth and in understanding, not out of your orga, not out of your, 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 your self-will to be right, but out of your passion. And when you begin to do that, what people are going to feel is your passion for God. They're going to know that you're moved by the right things, that you're not just there trying to undress them and prove them wrong, but there's a genuine concern with where they're going and what's going to happen in their life. That's what people are going to want to hear. They're going to want that. Jesus came preaching and what happened? People flocked to Him. He would call them out. He, he, would, he would speak the truth, but people are desirous of something that's going to change and transform their life for all eternity. So when you begin to preach that Word and begin to get an understanding of it, folks, listen, lives are going to be changed. What happens though, when we begin to uh, discontextualize, if I can make, it, make that a word, if we begin to pull those things out, what happens? You may fill up a room full of people. We see that in churches all across the United States in particular. That you get these people, but their lives not being changed. Why? Because it's derived out of the soul of a man. It's, it, but when we get into what uh, God is speaking, and we begin to, uh, to bring the harmony of the Word together, and we say, yeah, this is what I can say because of the heart of Jesus. And everything's moved by what moves Him. And everything comes out of a relationship with Him and a desire to know Him and to build up His kingdom and not our own, to, to lift up His name and not our own. Folks, then things begin to be changed and transform. So all that, the heart of Paul, the bringing it all together brings us to this point. He said, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart, God raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. Then he brings us to this very important part. I'm going to read, it's really two verses we're going to try to talk about today, but I want to read uh, verse 14 in particular. Here's what he said. He says, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Okay, how can they call on him who they've not believed? 
And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now let's put that in the context of what we've talked about. That it says that, that if I believe in him, it, that, that what? I will not be ashamed. And so what does it mean to, to believe in him? Folks, we've talked about that. That if I believe as the scripture says, what's going to happen? That, I'm, that out of my belly is going to flow rivers of living water. But how can they have a genuine belief on him uh, 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 who, who they've not, or call on him who they've not believed? And how shall they call that they've not really heard? Folks, listen. You may be that epistle. You are that epistle that he says that I've written uh, your epistles that are written on his heart. That he has inscribed his laws upon your heart. You're that testimony. And so how can they call upon him unless they hear Unless they hear it through your testimony, through, through your preaching, hear it through the Word of God that's in your life. Folks, listen, that is really the summation of the responsibility of every single one of us. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this. People say, well, it's, 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 it's not about me. It's, a, it's about God. Now, how many times have you said that? How many times have you thought that? And you say, well, listen, I, just got, I had to come to the point. It's not about me. It's, a, it's about Christ. Folks, there's, there's nothing that's any further from the truth. It is all about you. It's all about me. That's why he tells us to do it. That's why he tells us to do it. God is not on some celestial power trip sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm going to hold these people under my, my thumb. His word says, for God so loved, one in John 3.16, God so loved himself. God so had a great idea that how he's going to promote. No, God so loved the world that he gave his son. Folks, listen, God knows that he's going to draw people to him through love, through putting his son in righteousness and, and demonstrating holiness. And so he, he loved us and everything about what he does is for us. This word is to reconcile us to him, that we can have fellowship with him. And so the preaching of the gospel is not for him. Why? Because he, he is the self-existent one. He is God all by himself. And so he never changes. He didn't change when Adam fell. He didn't change prior to the, the creation of man. He didn't change after the creation of, of, of the worlds. He is who he always is. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he's the same forevermore. And so the only thing in the equation that changed is what? It's us. We're the ones that change. And so the, the Word of God is about us. It's about getting us back into a relationship with Him. That way we are the uh, reflection of Him. That way when He spoke and He said, you know, let us create man in our own image. Let them be a reflection of us. That folks, once again, when the grace of God comes upon our life and it's reflected through the Word and we begin to look at ourselves as a man would look into a mirror beholding ourselves in a looking glass, what happens is we begin to be reflective of Christ Jesus, of His testimony, of His passion of his compassion to go out and touch people's lives folks listen how will they call on him though whom they have not believed but how can they genuinely believe unless they see genuine believers you hear what i'm saying how will they believe unless they see genuine believers i said this a couple days ago uh, that most people in churches are not christians okay most people in churches are agnostic Okay, They believe in a God. They're not atheists like the young man behind the counter pr pronounced himself to be. But they're agnostic that they definitely believe in God, but they have o their own, own idea about what that means. And so they, they, they believe in God, but they're somewhat disattached, and so they don't believe that really he has a part in their everyday life. Folks, that's what a, an agnostic, an agnostic's willing to believe in a higher power, and they're believing to acknowledge it, but just exactly how that works. Folks, listen, that would describe most people in the church today. That they do. You know, what is it? Uh, I, I can't remember what the number. 60 million Americans claim to be born again out of 300 million born again. And, and probably another, uh, 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 probably 
two-thirds two of, the, of the United States says that they believe in God, at least that number. And folks, listen, but they're not demonstrative of the character and the belief in God. And so what are they? They're agnostic. They're willing to acknowledge Him. Paul the Apostle said, he said, they, 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 they draw near to me with their lips, but their heart or their belief is far from Him. And so they, they have a word or, or what he said right here. Listen, they, they have a zeal of God. But without knowledge, they don't. There's no intimacy in that relationship. So, folks, listen. Most of the people, if you if you sit in a traditional church, probably most of the people around you could be classified. If we wanted to really look at it, not as Christians, but as agnostics. And so, they have a belief in God, but they genuinely do not know Him. Why? Because their life is not characterized by that. So, how will they call on Him? How will they surrender title, deed, and ownership of their life on Him? If they've never been able to believe in Him. If the only thing that they're seeing is the soulish manifestation that comes out of people that have really not touched the heart of God. And how shall they believe in whom, Him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Last night, uh, uh, Melly and I and, and Rusty and Christy were sitting in a Denny's restaurant just talking about the Word. And, and you know, as it's easy to do, I guess probably with myself, I, I forget sometimes, is that I, I probably began to talk loud. And uh, the guy that was sitting in an adjacent booth, when I began to mention just doing outreach in New York City, he got up and came to the table. Named Lenny, a 48-year-old guy from Pensacola, Florida, owns a, uh, a limousine company traveling in between uh, uh, Pensacola and uh, and uh, and Miami. And so he came to the table and he began to talk and, and just mention something and ask what we did. And so I began to share with him what we did. And pretty much just uh, uh, asking, well, what about your relationship with God? And he began to say, well, you know, and began to backtrack into this thing about, you know, I kind of have my own way of doing things. I said, well, there's only one way of doing things. It's according to the Word of God. And so I began to give him the Word. And the more I gave him just the Word, he began to get very uncomfortable. He, he really did. He got very uncomfortable. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I know that's your interpretation. I said, no, no, no. I said, what you're giving is your opinion. I said, we can all have opinions, but what I'm telling you is what Jesus said that a relationship with, with him is all about. And so finally, that kind of come to a close, and he sat back down. A few minutes later, a guy that was actually probably four booths across the, the, the restaurant came all the way over to our table, and he said, man, I just want to say thank you guys. It's so good to walk into a restaurant like this and hear people talk about, talk about the Lord and introduce himself. We got his name and everything else. So he goes back and sat down. But once again, Lenny gets back up, comes to the table, the, the guy that got called out, and, and again, he comes back for another dose. And I told him, I said, Lenny, I said, I'm obligated to tell you the truth. I said, you seem like a sincere, a nice guy and everything else. I said, but I'm obligated by what I know about the Word of God to give you the truth. And I said, now you're obligated because you've heard it. And you could see that register on him. And he said, well, well I know and, and thank you. I think he ended up thanking me for, for, for lighting him up with the Word of God. But folks, listen, what I wanted to see is I didn't want this guy to drive off thinking that, that this, this belief based upon not the heart of Jesus, not what moves Christ, but based upon what somebody may have told him or just floated around out of his soul. And so I began to give him the Word. And, and you could just see it. It lit upon him. And so when he leaves, he makes it a point that when he comes by, he drives by our window so that we can wave at him and acknowledge Folks, listen, how will they know or how will they call on him who they've not believed? And how will they believe if they've not heard? Folks, listen, the whole summation of the responsibility that we have in, in that, these, that Paul's giving us, really showing us the critical nature of it, uh, is, is summed up in the Great Commission of Mark 16, uh, 15 to 16. He said to them, go into all the world and do what? Go into all the world and it, it's be nice and hopefully that they'll see your good works or they'll, they'll see how sweet you are. He said, go into all the world and preach. Preach what? 
preach the vain philosophies and the rudimentary teachings of men. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. The, the gospel is that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus who don't continue to walk after the flesh. You're not desiring the wrath of man or the orge or that which originates in the soul of a man to, to produce the righteousness of God. But they come to him, they're willing to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow, follow Christ. And so we, we're, we're called to go into all the world and to preach, not to hand out water. Hand out water as you're preaching. Not to say, well, you're real sweet, and, and if we can just kind of make them uh, sing, uh, you know, we just love you so much, and you're so sweet and lovely that you can just say, folks, listen, it's the gospel that saves life. It's the gospel that changed and transformed me years ago. It's the gospel that's been able to keep me. It's the gospel that's been able to compel me. It's the gospel that transformed me. It's the gospel that's built me up. It's the gospel that one day when I'm going to stand before Him, that it's going to testify on my behalf, and He's going to be able to look into my life and say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Why? Not because of my own intellect, not because of my own will, not because I'm so sweet or I'm so nice or I'm so benevolent. It's because I got a hold of the gospel because the gospel got a hold of me and changed and transformed me for all eternity. But how will they know unless they hear? How can they call on Him whom they've not believed? And how how can they believe if they've not heard? Folks, listen. What Paul is saying is all these things, you want to be able to cry out. You don't want people to die and to go to hell. So why is it that you will not preach the Word? Why is it that you think that, that handing somebody a piece of candy and smiling is going to change and transform their life? If a piece of candy or a bounce house or a bunch of hot dogs or some water without the Gospel is going to save anybody, that there, there wouldn't have been a cross on Old Golgotha's Hill. There would have been a bounce house and a smiling face and somebody handing out a food basket Folks, listen, we can do all of those things, but those things have got to be coupled with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what, I'd rather eliminate all those other things and just have the Word, because I know it that heaven and earth are going to pass away. The efforts of men, the things that originate in our flesh or our intellect, the things that we try to bring along to help Him out. But it says that His Word will not pass away. His Word is going forth in, in all directions to the vanishing point. He said, I sent my Word to heal you. He said, my Word will not return void, but it will accomplish that, what it was sent to do. What was it sent to do? It was sent to convict of sin. It was sent to convict of righteousness. It was sent to convict of judgment. But they will only know if I'm willing to preach the Word of God without compromise. Now folks, does that mean that you're not going to be nice in it? Absolutely not. Put a bounce house up. Bounce your way as you're preaching the Word. Give them a hot dog because you want them to be fed. Folks, I do all those things as well. But I don't do all those things at the, at the price of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Love your neighbor. Love them. Bless them. Hug on them. Minister to them. But you've got to plant the Word of God in their heart and life. And that's what's going to change lives. I shared the testimony. We were out with uh, uh, Raven East Coast and, 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 and Pastor Sam and Lucy and Pastor Vega right there in, in, in really the, 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 the mecca of heroin addiction and everything right there at Somerset and Kensington in, in Detroit, Michigan. Not Detroit, but we were in Philadelphia this past weekend. And just seeing the power of God change people's lives. Seeing really like a domino effect, heroin addicts. Seeing, hearing the Word of God preached. And so I gave you the testimony. I was praying for Ed. We were on our knees right there where there's needles strewn behind fences and on the curbs and everything else. And somebody overhears, not unlike Denny's. They overheard what? They didn't overhear me saying, well, brother, I hope you're real sweet and I hope you get to feeling better. But they overheard me preaching the gospel and a man that was about to commit suicide. He heard the gospel. Do you hear me? He didn't come because of our sandwiches. He, he didn't come and say, he came to me and he said, listen, I was going to buy a gun when I got my check on the first. I was going to blow my brains out. But I heard the gospel. 
How could He call on Him who He's not believed and how would He have believed if He had not heard? Folks, what if I'd have said to myself, listen, i got way too much to do to go and freeze my tail end off in Philadelphia when I could be sitting here enjoying myself in Daytona Beach. What if I would have said that? How would He have known? Folks, tomorrow is the first. i got to say to myself, if I had not been obedient, you know what? That man might have been ushered into hell because he might have went to that pawn shop, bought him that gun, stuck it to his head and blowed his brains out and would have had to stand before before God in judgment and spend an ever, his, ever, his life in an everlasting hell if we had not preached. But I praise God that I was willing to go and preach the gospel. That I was willing to, lay, to, to kneel down on my knees on a filthy sidewalk and let this heroin addict uh, hear it. He ended up getting saved. He got set free and delivered. Got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Went to speak in the tongues right under that elevated subway station. God uh, uh, changed him. Then God, then, then God used him to help me pray for somebody else. But how would he have called upon him who he's not believed? How can he believe if he has not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Folks, listen, if you think that preaching is standing behind a wooden lectern on a Sunday morning, you, you, you have failed in, in, in understanding the Word of God. You'll preach over a lunch table. You'll preach a, 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 around a piece of heavy equipment. Maybe it's on a street corner somewhere. But God has called you to be that minister of reconciliation. But they will not know. They will not get it through osmosis. They will not do it just because they look and see how sweet you are. It is the Word of God that has been sent to change and to transform lives. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that doesn't is damned. But you've got to give them a chance to believe. And that was the urgency that was coming out of Paul the Apostle's heart right here. He said, yes, folks. He said, yes. He said, if they'll confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in their heart, God's raised Him from the dead. Yes. But they will never know what they need to do in regards to that unless we're willing to go and preach. Unless we're willing to go and tell them what I've called them to do. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 uh, through chapter 2, verse 2. And I want to read those to you. I want to read those, what, eight or nine verses of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. And it says that, at, that after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It said they knew they, through their own wisdom, they did not know God. What does that sound like, folks? It says that they, they, had, a, they had a zeal of God, but not after knowledge. Okay, do you hear how the harmony of that's working again? For after the uh, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom did not know God. For it pleased God by the foolishness of what? Of preaching to save them that believe. Now, look at the harmony in, in, in the first Corinthians chapter one and, and also in, in, in Romans chapter ten, verse fourteen. Uh, it says it pleased God by the foolishness of Preaching. Folks, you will never get around that in Scripture. You can look high and you can look low, but the instrument, the tool that God has used to bring people into His kingdom is the preaching of the gospel. Anything else, if, it's, it's, if it originates in anything, if, you're, if, if whatever it is has a starting point or it comes out of that, folks, listen, the best it can produce is self-righteousness. Do you hear me? Well, look how nice I am. Don't you want to be nice like me? Look how great I am. Look how much I smile. Do you want to be like me? Folks, we have got to point people to the cross. It is through the preaching of the cross that people are saved. Not through having your best life now. Not through your velvet Elvis. Not through your, your purpose-driven uh, works mentality. Not through those things. It's got to come back to the cross of Calvary that I'm willing to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow after Him. So it, 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 it pleased God. Do you want to be pleasing unto God? Anybody want to be pleasing unto God? Preach the gospel. 
You hear me? Preach the Word of God. Preach the cross. Then you're going to be pleased. That way when He looks into your life, He'll say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. I am well pleased with you. But if you think for a minute you're going to stand before Him and He's going to pat you on the back and say, Listen, you had some good intentions, nice bounce house, nice effort, nice coloring books, and think He's going to be pleased. Folks, the only thing that's going to get that testimony for our lives is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ in whatever environment God puts you in. Whether it's a nursing home, whether it's across the fence to your neighbor, we've got to get the gospel out there. And that same gospel that changed lives and, and, and rescued Robert on Kensington and, and Somerset and, 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 and Philly, the same gospel that, that stirred people up in, in Denny's restaurant right here in, in Ormond Beach, Florida, is the same gospel that's going to change and transform life. It's going to pierce the heart of the hearer for the cause of the kingdom. You've got to preach the gospel and take every opportunity that you have. It says, For the Jews require sign, and the Greeks, or the Gentiles, seek after their own wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews, it's a, Jews, it's a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks, it seems foolish. Folks, listen. Uh, the, the preaching of the gospel is to those. It's, it's to those that perish foolishness. But to unto us which are saved... It is the power of God. What you're going to find is when you begin to preach that word, that it is something that's going to peak something. It's going to do something that, 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 that transcends what people are able to hear with their ears. Why? Because the preaching of the gospel, what it does, it releases the agency of faith. We're saved by grace through faith. And so when I release, when I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, when I preach Christ and Him crucified, the power of God, what it does, it releases something, it releases faith. That way, when the grace of God comes in the situation... It has something to reflect off of. How will they know unless we preach? How can they believe if, 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 they've, if they've not heard? So when we preach that Word, it implants the seed of the Word. That way when the Spirit of God comes in, it has something to cultivate and germinate. You've got to get the Word out there. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. It's wiser than the, the zeal of man. It's wiser than these things. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren. You hear me? You see it. He's saying, listen, you ought to see your calling. People are all saying, well, I'm not called to that. Folks, right here, the Word of God says every one of us ought to see our calling. Our calling is to preach the gospel. If you preach the gospel through working with children, praise God. If you preach the gospel through a worship ministry, praise God. If you preach the gospel through feeding the hungry, praise God. You just better be preaching the gospel as you're doing those things. Because you ought to see your calling. How many, not many wise men, many people that think they got it figured out on their own after the flesh, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Those that have a form of godliness, those that are ever learning, but never coming to the truth. Those that have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. He says, But God has chosen the foolish thing in the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak thing in the world to confound the things which are mighty, the base things, and the things which are despised. God has chosen, yes, and the things which are not, to bring the not the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. Do you hear me? All those things that no flesh, that if, if there's no condemnation for those that walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh, that no flesh would glory, glory in His presence. So that, that, that I'm not going to walk in those things in self-belief and in self-wills. Why is that? Why? Because anything derived out of the wrath of man, the self-righteousness of man, is not going to bring glory to anybody. It's going to bring condemnation to those that walk in accordance to those precepts. We've got to preach the Word of God. But of Him, you are of Christ, who God has made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification 
justification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Then jump down to that, the past that, that chapter break, and it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom of words, declaring unto you the kingdom of God. In other words, listen, I wasn't trying to trick you into it. We talked a couple days ago about this, these scripts that the people like, uh, uh, Help me, Tony Lido, I believe, uses, or, or this, uh, uh, or Rodney Howard Brown. They give these people, and the first thing that they give, and I read it to you, I got it right here on my desk, is they, they start out, do you know that God has a wonderful plan for your life? And all this glowing, flowery, excellently speech, and they say, stay on script, stay on script, because you'll get them to pray the prayer. Folks, listen, they, they can get them to pray the prayer, but unless they, they're walking in the belief of the Scripture that's been outlined throughout the Word of God, all that is is a, is, is a, is a greasy, uh, a mealy-mouthed mantra that's only going to produce the wrath of God in their life. He said, When I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech or of wisdom of men, declaring to you the te- but I came declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. And he said, So my testimony is Jesus Christ. Even though I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, even though I I was circumcised the eighth day of the chief stock of Israel. Even though concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Even though concerning the law, I was blameless. He said, I'm not even hanging my hat on those things. If you want to boast, he said, I can boast even more. But at the end of the day, I've got to come back to that one place. And it's called the cross of Calvary. It's Christ and Him crucified the power of God. He said, I tried all those things. I kept the letter of the law. I maintained those things. And all those things did was produce the the wrath of man upon my life. All of those things did is produce a, a hideous, heinous spirit that did not demonstrate the, 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 the righteousness of God. But when I came back to the simplicity of preaching the cross of Calvary, regardless of what people think or how people are going to look at me, or if I'm rejected, or if I don't got money in my pocket, or if I don't got a great following, or if no one understands me, he said, I've come to the point in my life where I'm not looking to please man, but I'm looking to please God because I know that the wisdom of this world or the attempts of this world to gather a flock or to gather numbers or gather the accolades or a reputation, those things are like dumb. Those things are like rubbish. Those things are like filth. Those things are are just like excrement. Those things mean absolutely nothing to me. But what I'm in pursuit of, I'm in pursuit of the one who has been in pursuit of me. And I know that the thing that's going to accelerate the pursuit is standing upon the Word of God, is denying myself, taking up my cross, and following after Him. And in demonstration of that, What's going to happen? They're going to hear. They're going to believe. They're going to have the opportunity to know Him exactly the same way that I know Him. But folks, if you ever get away from the preaching of the gospel, how will they know? How can they call on Him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe on Him who they have not heard? And how can they hear without a... Let's remove that word preacher. How can they, how can they hear unless you're obedient? How can they hear unless that, that, that we talked about that, that 10 year old child standing up in that fundamentalist Baptist class after Tony had taught on the Holy Spirit. She spoke, she stood up and she began to, to got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues and began to go around the classroom and lay hands on, on other people just last week right here in, in our city. How, how will they know unless a 10 year old's doing it? How will they know unless you're willing to stand up in your workplace or wherever else? I told that, that guy that was that limousine driver last night. I said, listen, man, you got such a tremendous opportunity. You got people riding in your car, a captive audience. And man, he bristled. He said, "There's no way that these people are paying me good money. That I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, uh, what? How do you put it? I'm gonna get on their nerves, or I'm gonna offend them. Yeah, they don't want to be preached to." And I said, "How will you know unless you preach to them?" I said, maybe that was God's ordained moment, that your, your limousine is your, your pulpit. Maybe perhaps that they're there because that's when God has sent them to Lenny, the, 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 the limousine driver, to hear the word of truth. But folks, listen, how will we know unless we preach? Get that word out there. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 17 through 20. You know 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. All things become new. Then he says this. 
We, we love that verse, but we need to look at the next three verses. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to who us the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of bringing people back to him. And we know that the only thing that's going to bridge mankind back to God is the cross. And all these things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, uh, uh, reconciliation as a result of that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto who? Us. The word of reconciliation. Folks, that's so important. It's all about who? It's all about us. It's about us believing God. It's about us being obedient. It's about us preaching the word. It's about us being faithful to do the things God's called us to do. Now then, if we do that, now we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech it by us. We pray you in Christ's stead that you also be reconciled unto God. Folks, listen. An ambassador into foreign land is the highest ranking official. They speak on behalf of the president. They become the dignitary. Folks, listen. We are ambassadors for Christ in a lost and dying world. You are his ambassador. You are the one that he has put the, the, the signet ring of royalty on to go and, and pronounce and to speak that word, to, to, to press in the word of God into the hearts of men, to, to take the gospel into to all the world and to preach the gospel to the lost and dying through the cross of Calvary. Folks, James uh, chapter 5, verse 19 through 20 says this. It says, Brethren, if, if any of you do err from the truth, he said, and one converts you, or him, he said, let him know that we, you which converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save his soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. You hear what that says? If anybody does err from the truth, Israel, Paul the Apostle addressed him, you've erred from the truth. Listen, and, but one has got to convert them and turn them back. As I prayed, I talked about Acts 3.19. It says, if we'll repent and be converted, then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Folks, listen, we've got a job to do. And what happens is it, it will convert the sinner. The Word of God, the preaching of the Gospel is going to convert the sinner from the air of his way. And as a result, it will save his soul from death. What is that? That's going to hell and spending eternity. Folks, the only thing that's going to cover a multitude of sins, save a soul from death, is to preach the word to people and see them repent and believe the gospel. Folks, listen, we are totally out of time this morning. That, that went way too quick, and I'll probably have to touch on that just a little bit. What's today? Friday. Today's Friday. Man, I was hoping it was Thursday. God, can you give us just another day? Anyway, we'll jump back on this on, on Monday and, and just really the whole aspect of what it means there in verse 14 and get into little 15 a little more. But I hope that just kind of lays the groundwork and the foundation of the requirement that God has given us. And also pray for us. We've got a big, gigantic bike week here in, in Daytona Beach this weekend. If you're listening to us live, please keep us up in prayer. It is probably one of the toughest events that I've ever preached in. I preached all over, literally all over the world. I preached in uh, the red light district of Amsterdam, legalized prostitution. But this, there's such a pride factor that you've got to overcome with people. You know, they come into town on their you know forty thousand dollar Harley Davidsons being pulled behind a sixty five thousand dollar SUV. They think they got it okay, but folks, listen, it is it is a desperate situation. Please, we covet your prayers that God would just bust something wide open. We're going to start this weekend, and really, we're going to hit it really heavy next weekend. Got some uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who can come in and help us next weekend. But we're going to be starting off uh, this weekend preaching the word. So uh, please keep us in prayer. We'll be praying for you as you go out and do the things that God's called you to do where you're at. I got one bit of advice as we go today. Get into God's Word, and God's Word will get into you.